Thank you for joining us this evening. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with me, Pastor Carl Anderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m. And Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Uh, listen, if no one told you, I want you to know this evening that we're inside the pages of the book of Revelation. So join in with us on Sunday mornings and as we uh, climb into the word of God. Uh, we'll be right back.
How many know that it was by God's grace that you made it this far? You know, we certainly think and praise God that that I, at least I I know it was by grace that I am what I am. That's what Paul said. I I, it's, I am what I am by the grace of God. You know, and it wasn't that many years ago that I was in the hospital. Uh, I was at home feeling fine for a moment, and I started to not feel fine. Things did not seem right. And I, I rushed to the hospital, which I actually drove myself to the hospital. And they checked my vitals and immediately uh, rushed me into the emergency room, you know, stripped me down, threw me in a bed, uh, start um, the process of, of seeing what in the world is wrong with this man. Uh, my blood pressure was was super high. Um and it wouldn't come down. It would not come down. And the doctor, um, they did x-rays after x-ray and, and brain scan. They did um, uh, ultrasounds. They did x-rays. They did chest x-rays. They checked my heart out. Um, I've been to a heart specialist. I've been through several stress tests. All of that. And they didn't find anything. The doctor said, and I have a witness that was there with me. They did not know what was wrong. They didn't understand what I was dealing with. I've had people say, oh, you was going, you was having a heart attack. You was, you know, uh, none of them certified in medicine. But, you know, people have, but it wasn't what they had to say. It was what God had to say. While I was in the hospital, um, they had taken me to a room to do a test and I said, asked them, could I have a little water? Could I stand up and, you know, stretch a little bit or something? Uh, cause I was starting to feel, wasn't feeling well. And uh, next thing I knew I was, I was gone. They was rushing me. Uh, when I came to, they was rushing me down the hallway. When I revived, uh, they was rushing me down the hallway. I wasn't revived because they, they started doing CPR or anything like that. Uh, they was running with me to get me to a certain place. And, um, you know, it was the grace of God. I woke up revived and they could not explain anything that had occurred. And, but it was the grace of God. It was the grace of God. And so certainly I thank and praise God for who I am and where I am at this time. You know, uh, and that's all that there is. It was God's grace. And I was saved. I was focused on doing what was right and seeking the Lord when this came upon me. And, you know, um, as someone said, and I, I'm so glad they 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 did let let me know, um, as well as so many others, that bad things happen to good people, and you just never know 
when something is going to occur. And so you want to be in the will of God. Now, had I not made it that day, because when I went under, when I lost consciousness and no one knew uh, where I was and what was happening, uh, it wasn't uh, a moment where people have said, you know, I saw a bright light and nope, that didn't happen. Uh, I turned my face to the wall and began to seek the Lord that there was no time for that. Uh, things were happening uh, and the response that you need is everything up to that time. Thank you, Jesus. What you need has to occur before that instance. It has to occur before that instance. It has to occur before that time. You know, I was talking with a young man today and, and uh, I was telling him that uh, there are people, because we're looking at the news and, you know, some uh, uh, athlete, professional athlete, he's, they said former uh, athlete, now he has COVID and he's in the hospital and, um, you know, and, and, and he's asking everyone's forgiveness for things that he may have done or said uh, prior to him getting sick. And, you know, you want to do that before something come up on you. A matter of fact, the Bible says that if you, uh, it says, leave your gift at the altar and go and make peace with your brother. That's what it tells us to do. How many of us are at the altar praying and seeking God and and uh, and walking around claiming to be a child of God, but yet we ignore that particular verse and, and we have unfinished business with people. We have unfinished business with our brothers and sisters that are right there. Some of them right there in the same place with you, right there in the same building and you have unfinished business with them. You, you have not taken the time to do what the word of God says, and that is to make peace with them. You don't have time to do that when you're, when you're standing at the door ready to exit. The thief on the cross was told, this day you'll be with me in paradise. So many are waiting for it to have a thief in the cross moment. However, you don't know anything about that thief on the cross. You don't know his emotional, his mental, his physical. You don't know nothing about him except there was a thief on the cross. But I will tell you this. What was told to him happened before the death of burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, that, that, that's the game changer right there. Because see, that happened prior to. Now, when the thief was told, you'll be with me in paradise, uh, and he went down into the grave, he heard the gospel preached to those that were sometimes disobedient. You're not going to hear the gospel preached to those that were sometime disobedient. Uh-huh. Uh You're not going to hear that. That happened then. And that was, and they got out the grave, and the Bible said that they marched through the city of Jerusalem, and people saw their loved ones that had passed. 
that was a prelude to the uh, to the what we refer to as uh, being caught up. That was a prelude to what is referred to as the rapture. That was a prelude to things of, of things to come that Daniel uh, saw the Messiah being cut off, and then he saw uh, change take place. He saw the kick. However, what Daniel did not see was us right now, the dispensation of grace. So on that side of the cross, you're not on that side of the cross to, to try to make a deal like that. And people, you need to let people know if you waiting, you're waiting for deathbed salvation that you're going to confess all your faults and everything is going to be all right. And you're going to be told like a thief in the cross that you're going to uh, be with me in paradise. I'm sorry. That has already come and gone. That's the Bible said that moving forward, he gave the instructions and we're in the book of Acts that uh, the second epistle of Luke. Luke had an epistle, and this is the second epistle called Act. Uh, and so um, he told them that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. And that's what we find the apostles doing uh, from that time moving forward and with the expectation of the coming of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and honor you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We honor you for your mercy, Lord God, for, uh, for your enlightenment, for showing yourself to us helping us to have a better understanding, helping us, O oh Lord God, to receive your word and giving us the ability to live by your word. Father, I pray and ask that you would bless, Lord, each one under the sound of my voice. You know the need of every individual. Lord God, you know and understand, Lord God, what they are dealing with. You know better than I do. Lord God, you know, Lord Jesus, the people. You know the circumstances. You know, Lord God. Therefore, we pray and ask for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord God, touch those that are sick in their body. Lord God, you're the healer. Lord God, it's you that bring and give health, Lord. Lord God, touch those that are bereaved right now, Lord God, before the loss of loved ones. Lord Jesus, you are a great comforter. And as you have comforted your servant, Lord God, I know you can do the same for others. Lord, I ask that you would bless, Lord, the, the struggle that is going on. And those, oh Lord God, that are faced with situations Lord God, but your wisdom, your knowledge and understanding will help lead them out. Lord God, you are a great deliverer. In every situation, Lord God, you are able to deliver. You're able to bring about a resolve, Lord God, and to you be the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, we ask these blessings. Amen. In the book of Acts, beginning in the 19th chapter, um, the 18th verse, the 8th verse, I'm sorry, the 8th verse uh, through the 12th verse, it says, and he went into the synagogue and spanked boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading uh, the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spanked evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one terrain. And this continued by the space of two years so that uh, all which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jew and Greek.
and God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. God did some great things by the hand of Paul. God did some wondrous works uh, using uh, this, this man so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, aprons, and the disease departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. What a testimony. A man who was persecuting the church, a man that was that was arresting people and throwing them into lion dens and throwing them into arenas with people that are uh, covered with animal skin and then loosing wild dogs upon them and, and uh, you know, and this man who was just acting uh, a fool you know, for what he believed, told you all of us acted a fool one way or another. And so, uh, uh, but now, Look at what God is doing with this man. And not only is he doing that with him, but he's doing it with others. It didn't stop there. Uh, you know, matter of fact, it just make me want to just, just step back and say, wow, look at how people manipulate and take things uh, for the persuasion of money. Uh, people will be all on, TV, all on TV showing that they're a healer, showing that, that they have... Uh, laying hands on folks and matter of fact before they could touch them breathe on them whew, blow on them and the people fall out as if it's something miraculous occurring and people buy into it people buy into it uh, but it, it, because they're buying into oh he's a healer oh he's prophet uh tutu you know they buy into that but god has a lot more than just those things uh, just that. Now, Paul uh, had a consecrated life, not only Paul, but Luke, uh, Silas, and all those that accompanied Aquila, Priscilla, uh, those that was uh, in contact with Paul and, uh, and following him, they had a consecrated life. Uh, the word consecrated means a person, place, or thing has been declared uh, sacred. All right. Do you declare your life sacred? You know, um, I, I, what comes to mind is a is, and I won't go too far into it. Is, is a song that talks about uh, people declaring themselves. Well, actually, it was speaking about ladies declaring themselves to be Christians uh, to the young man, but but yeah, he found out what was really sacred. It didn't take him long to find out when you have a consecrated life. When you have a life that is dedicated for a particular purpose, and that is unto the Lord, that's something we don't change with a bad attitude. Time tells on us. I could walk around and, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, oh, he's on fire for the Lord. And, and a couple of years later, you see me in that fire that has smothered up. That's not the kind of consecrated life. I'm, something happened. There was something that was unresolved, that was never taken care of. And I know things happen in life. I, I hurts. Things can hurt so bad that it make you want to walk away and climb under a rock. 
But when you are truly dedicated to the Lord, you, you'll, you'll deal with the hurt, but you won't dethrone God. He'll still be your God and you'll still be consecrated unto him. To be consecrated is to be, is to declare or otherwise make something holy. Uh, to sanctify or, you know, a sanctify life. To sanctify is to make holy. Uh, to concentrate or uh, set aside for a sacrifice or a sacred or ceremonial use. We're set aside for sacred and ceremonial use unto the Lord. Now, sainthood or saints, as God calls his people, uh, as from Genesis to Revelation, God refers to his people as saints. And I know you can find believers. Uh, you, he that believeth, you can find, you know, uh, but this Bible plainly refers to his people as saints. Nothing less. God doesn't follow the tradition of men. Men will hear you uh, as they have done. Uh, hear you say, hear something said, and next thing you know, they embrace it, and that's what they're using instead of using what the Word of God says. What does the Word of God say? What does it say? He's coming back for 10,000s of his saints and nothing else. Nope, he's not, God is not using a synonym. He's not using anything else. He says saints, which is part of sanctification. That is a lifestyle. Uh, Peter, John, uh, and uh, ministers in general, we're commissioned to tell people about this lifestyle. And I know some things is hard for people to swallow because you didn't, you didn't grab hold to it, you didn't embrace it, you've been doing it all your life. Someone told you that this was the right. Listen, let me tell you, what does the word of God says? What does the word of God say? Acts 5, uh, 19 through 20 says, the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison door and brought them forth and said, go. Now, what do we do? Go. What am I doing right now? I'm going. Stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. So it's about this life. Now, that's what the minister's responsibility is, is to talk about this life. And when we talk about this life, it covers a wide area, but all of it points back to the one and only wise God. It all points back to one. It doesn't point back to your grandmother. Your grandmother should be pointing you to Jesus. Your grandfather, your mother, your uncle, your friend, uh, they should all be pointing you unto the Lord. In the darkest hour, a consecrated life has, has uh, persuasion with God. It has influence. It has power with the Lord. A consecrated life. You know, so many are living because they want they want to live for tomorrow. They want to live for the they, they want to live a zillion years. That's what they want to do. But they want to live a zillion years here on earth. They don't want to step out of time into eternity. And I know it's the unknown. And don't get me wrong, it is none of us have crossed over there and come back to nope, we only know what the word of God tells us. Therefore, it, it, that uh, I'm going to tell you, like um, Paul said, um, uh, that uh, brethren, uh, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable 
unto the Lord, for this is your reasonable service. That's what we all have to do. Uh, and so the word, uh, as we talk about a concentrate, a consecrated life, the, the word concentrate comes to mind as well. To concentrate means to focus one's attention or mental effort on a particular object or activity. Now, my object or, act, or act, objective is to live a saved life. First and foremost, I don't preach to you. I preach to myself. Then I reiterate to you what the word of God has said. I get the message first. I have to go before the Lord and seek out what needs to be said. Lord, what do you want your people to hear? Lord, what is it that you want to be given? Lord, is this all right? This is where I am sometime. I mean, just put it this way, sometime. Because God is not always in talking. As many people say, well, you know, I heard from heaven and, and this is what God told me. No, listen, God doesn't do all that talking. You need to get in the word of God. And as you are in the word of God, the Lord will speak and open some things up to you and give you some direction. But he's not, God is not always whispering in your ear and telling you everything. No, no. Uh, when someone always have that claim, God is talk, always talking to them, uh, you better run. Because even in the scriptures, you don't read that God was with them talking to them every instant of the moment. The Lord told Peter and, and told Peter, he said, go down with those men. I'm paraphrasing there because he was going to the house of Cornelius. Uh, he said, go with them. And Peter left to go. He was obedient and uh, Peter was with them and he began to minister the word of God and the Holy Ghost fell upon them as he was speaking. And the Lord did not say anything to Peter. Peter was speaking the word of God, uh, telling him about Jesus Christ and the power of God began to move in that place. Prior to that, Peter was on the rooftop, had a vision and began to fight with the vision he was having. Oh, no, I've, I've never eaten anything unclean and the Lord corrected him. So I say that to say this, the Lord will speak but he's going to correct you in some things. He's going to speak, but he's going to say some things that you're not going to like. And then there are times that nothing is said. Uh, the prophet said that I looked for him in the wind. The wind was very boisterous. It was blasting the rocks. It was shaking everything up. And he wasn't there. I looked for him in the earthquake and, and he wasn't in the earthquake. I, I, saw, I saw the firestorm. I looked for him there and he wasn't there. And Finally, I heard a still small voice. Uh, that's Elijah. I heard a still small voice. And you know that still small voice said, asked him, what are you doing here? That was it. it asked him, what, what are you doing here? And so we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing here? Uh, because I, I believe God is, that same question is going to come up repeatedly. What are you doing? What are you doing there? What are you doing here? What are you doing with? What are you, what are, what's going on? What's happening with you? Those, those few words is enough by itself to move you on your way, get you thinking right and in the, going in the right direction. 
So to that concentrate comes to mind as well and means to be focused one's attention and mental effort on a particular ob objectivity. Um, and that's different from a double-minded, the Bible said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double mind or one, your thoughts is all over the place. In thought, in activity, just all over the place, just no stability. In other words, you're not, you're, you're deluded. You know, you're deluded. When you're all over the place, you're deluded. And you don't want to be deluded. When you're all over the place, you're weak. And you don't want to be weak. You're thinned out. Uh, watered down, which means that you are reduced in power. But when when you when it's concentrated, and that's what you want to be in God. You want to be concentrated, focused. You want to be concentrated with the Lord. You don't have to walk around telling nobody you're concentrated. You have to walk around telling nobody, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, it's something about uh, when something is concentrated. You know, you can smell it. Uh, perfume is different from uh, a cologne. Perfume is different from, uh, I forget what they call toilet water. There it is. Uh, you know, when you have some good perfume, you ain't got to, you just a little bit and people can smell it and enjoy it. When we're consecrated unto the Lord, and, uh, when we're concentrated, then uh, people can see it. And when they ask you, the Bible said, be ready to give an answer unto every man for the faith for that you have. And so the Bible tells us in Acts, the, the first chapter, eighth verse, it said, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, I, I'm Holy Ghost filled. No, no one took me in the closet, taught me how to speak in tongues or anything. I didn't practice it on my own, walking down the street and trying to figure it out and came up with my own tongues. No, I was at the altar praying and I didn't know what was occurring or exactly how to explain that. But I was at the altar by myself in a service uh, of the Lord. And matter, of, and it wasn't a lot of folks there. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon me and I was filled with the Holy Ghost at a young age. And the Holy Ghost is for us to be a witness, to give us power in witnessing and carrying out the call that God has in your life. Now, every call is not a call to be a pastor. Every call is not a call to be an evangelist or a prophet. There are other gifts that are important, very important throughout the scripture that is ignored. Now, people don't want to be bothered, but there are those that, that, that have the gift and, and I, uh, the gift of help uh, or the gift of helps is a powerful gift that uh, many would not be as successful uh, if it wasn't for the gifts of helps. There's the gifts of interpretations. There is the gifts of knowledge, the gift of, of wisdom. And I'm not going to go through them all, but there are, there are different gifts that operate if you allow the operation of it to happen. Now, there is, a, we call it, there's a, a young lady, I'll call her young lady, but she is also my big sister um, and, and known her for years. 
and we nicknamed her Dorcas because she has such a large heart for giving and helping others. And she has the gift of faith. Um, that's a gift. Besides faith, there is the gift of faith. And she has that gift. And it works wonders. Um, you know, you'll find yourself operating in a, in a certain area, not even knowing it. And maybe someone identifies it for you. And it could be years. And God is using you in a certain, but they get, there are multiple gifts. And so the Holy Ghost is, uh, he said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. And that is for you to be a witness because he went on to say, you'll be witnesses of me. And so it's not for you to be uh, uh, doing cartwheels up and down the aisle, rolling all over the church floor, and, you know, bouncing from wall to wall. And, uh, you know, you can't speak English because you, you're so busy with stammering lips. And all. no, let me tell you something. Spirit of prophecy and all of that works without uh, that. I wanted to, now I'll just go on and say it. Some of it is shenanigans. And so um, I, I watch backyard again and shenanigans and all that stuff when, when my grandson, and I'm not into that. I'm not into the foolishness that people carry on with. Uh, but let's talk about what's real because the Bible tells us to edify. And so if it's not edifying, then it has no purpose um, in the church. God is interested in his people not perishing. What did he say? My people perish for a lack of knowledge. And, and so if, you, if you're spreading something that's not knowledgeable, that's not directing people to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then you, you are a cause of destruction. Uh, and so God said, my he's not interested in his people perishing. And so uh, he's not interested in that and those shenanigans either. There is a power. Uh, there is the power of the word. There is power in his name, power of forgiveness and the power of a concentrated life. And, and so that's just to name a few. Uh, you know, we all know about the power of the word and we know about the power in his name, the power of forgiveness. Let me tell you, let me just uh, tell you the word of God says that if you cannot forgive, you can't forgive your brother next to you. You can't forgive your sister. You can't forgive people that you see and that you are dealing with daily. Then how is God going to forgive you? Matter of fact, the word of God says he will not. If you can't forgive someone else, the word of God is not going already declared that you will not be forgiven. So we can't be walking around with animosity in our heart. We can't be harvesting Heart, uh, heart, you know, holding things there that uh, against someone. And they looked at me wrong. They said something to me wrong. Look, forgive them. Well, they hurt my feelings. They made me cry. Yes, they did. Forgive them. They destroyed what I thought was going to be for Forgive them. You got to let that you just like God so love the world that he gave his own, we were all enemies of God, even before we were born, our family members, those that didn't know him had offended God, but yet he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So if God loved us that much and brought that much forgiveness and nailed it to the cross for us, 
certainly we're without excuse not to forgive anyone else. The eighth verse says, and he went into the synagogue and he spanked boldly for the space of three months, disputing, thank you, Jesus, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Paul spent time. Many of us are spending time. We're spending effort supporting um, methods and platforms on which the ministry is proclaimed. Uh, certainly, we thank and praise God for those that support the ministry uh, because it is not a, well, you have faith in God and uh, and and he's going to take care of all the finances and everything. No, that's not. Uh, you, you didn't read that in the Bible anywhere. Uh, men and women in the Bible worked. Paul was a tent maker or construction worker. However you want to, he built tents for places for people to live. That was how he earned his living. That was his livelihood. And when he ministered to other churches, uh, we read about how the other churches pitched in and sent offerings to help in, with the ministry of other churches. And, and so uh, thank God for those that spend time, as many of us spend time, effort, and supporting the platform in which the ministry is proclaimed. And three months, continually steadfast, con studying the word. Three months, discussing with people. Three months, com com convincing and encouraging those listening about the kingdom of God. Now, the flow of the message never changed because it said that he was talking about the kingdom of God. What do you know about the kingdom of God? What do you know about the kingdom of heaven? Are they both the same? And, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm raising a question here, Bible students. There are two different subjects that are often lumped into one, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven, the Bible said the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. Heaven and earth is ex expendable. When it comes to his word, uh, it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The kingdom of God has never suffered violence. The kingdom of God is not expendable. The word has a permanent residence in the kingdom of God. I'll leave that for you to search out. Now I may come back with a question on those things. And so let me, let me just say it again for uh, so that you can make note of it. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence. The kingdom of heaven and earth is expendable uh, when it comes to the word of God. Uh, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. The kingdom of God has not suffered violence. The kingdom of God is not expendable. The word has uh, a permanent residence in the kingdom of God. All right. A principle is a foundational truth that serves as the foundation for a belief, whereas authority is the power or right to give orders. Um, the right to give orders, to make decisions and enforce obedience. And then we'll come back and discuss that later. Not this evening, but another time. The ninth verse says, but when divers had hardened and believed not, but spanked evil of what of that way, 
they, they were speaking evil about the message that that Paul presented. And some uh, people you people sitting in service. Why do you go to church and then speak evil about the message? Go to the service in which you believe the message of God to be true and has proven to be true. Why continue to go to a service where you speak? Now, I, I say that to the shame of so many that will sit in a service and make fun and talk and compare what the what their pastor is preaching uh, with, with some other minister. Shame on you. Shame on you for doing such a thing. Go join that other ministry then instead of being a thorn, a headache in, uh, to that other pastor that, that is doing their best to present the word of God. Don't compare people with other folks. Uh, when you do that, you're suffering from comparisonitis. You're sick. And, and so you, you need to be healed. And, and so don't do that. But when divers were hardened, and believe not, but spank evil of that way before the multitude. He departed from them and separated the disciples disputing daily in the school of one uh, Tyrannus. And so uh, and this continued by the space of two years. Now remember, uh, month after month, his subject matter was Jesus Christ. And so some people, they get tired of hearing about Jesus. Uh, now, why don't they preach something new? Why don't they have something to listen there is nothing new. It is all about Jesus Christ, period. They continued the space of two years so that all that which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greek. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, two years, that's 2,800, excuse me, 2008 Sunday services, including Bible classes, as we, you know, as we, we have Bible class and Sunday service, you know, that's a lot of services uh, that they were for two years hearing the word of God ministered. Many people like you and I heard the word of God, some with gladness and others became emotionally, mentally and spiritually disturbed. You know, the word of God gets us. Yes, it does. It, the word of God has no respect to person. And so we hear the word and sometimes the word, it, it makes you say, ouch. The one that's presenting the word and said, ouch, twice because they had to prepare. They said, ouch. And, and uh, even in preparation of the message, uh, found themselves praying and seeking God all through the preparation and purging themselves as they were preparing the word of God, then they have to minister the word of God and they feel the effects and the power of it. Then you ought to preach with conviction. You ought, the word of God ought to impact you. Uh, you know, um, like I, I teach at Cornerstone, don't, it, we not, we not telling people, come on, y'all get up and praise the Lord. And you know, you ought to dance and shout. And, uh, no minister, you dance, you shout, you praise the Lord. You be the matchstick that catches fire. And when you catch fire, you light the rest of the book on fire. You don't tell other folks to get up and come on and, and, and no. If every, just be the matchstick that catches fire. And you, I've never seen a lit match next to another match and it doesn't become inflamed.
As pastor, I've witnessed the hostility. One brother, I was preached a message and um, a brother who came to me after service and confessed that he didn't like what I... up to you and, and so uh, uh, you need to understand to set a broken bone uh, a dislocated shoulder or other injury or a dangerous situation requires attention and it can and will hurt at times uh, it confronts and challenges the word of God confronts and challenges the flesh and true attention and so your disbelief uh and what is being said doesn't make it untrue. Paul continued for a space of two years with those that was with him, ministering the word of God. And uh, this pastor, this young man, uh, will not seeking, will not stop seeking truth or declaring the word of God uh, and crucifying the flesh because Paul said, I crucify the flesh daily. So we know that it is something that we must do nonstop all the time. And so with that being said, you know, God wrought many miracles by the hand of Paul. Why? Because he had a consecrated life. You don't have to brag about a consecrated life. Just have it. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons and the disease departed from them and the devil went out of them. It makes a difference when you have a consecrated life. It makes a difference when you are seeking God with your whole heart. It makes a difference when you are, are uh, concentrated unto the Lord. It makes a difference. And so you wanna seek God with your whole heart. You wanna seek God concentrated uh, in a concentrated form. You, you don't wanna be persuaded. And I'm telling you, it's work. Every relationship requires work. You marry, it requires work. Uh, you don't get tired. You don't get upset and walk away. You don't go find somebody. It requires work because the thing that you walk away from, uh, the day will come that you, that you're going to wish you could change. And that's the same relationship with God. You, you, you hold on and you fight the good fight of faith. You hold on and you treat God in such a way as Paul and Luke and Silas and all of them. Uh, Paul wasn't the only one that was impacted. Remember, those that was with him was impacted by what was being said. The focus is on Paul because uh, the, the Lord placed that focus on him as he called him as the chosen one to be an apostle unto the Gentiles. That's what why it places so much focus on him. But there were others that was with him that was consecrated. There was others that was with him that was focused on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope you're focused today. I hope and pray that you are as focused as the Apostle Paul was. Uh, many say, I can't wait to get the glory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Paul and, and talk to him. No, you're not. Nope, because Paul's name 
it's not going to exist for you to call him. Nope. And so we'll talk about that more as we are in the book of Revelation. I just wanted to throw that out there. Just like many said, when I get to the gates, I'm going to talk to Peter and see if my name is in the book of life. Nope. No, you're not. Nope. Yeah, you're not going to do that uh, because uh, Peter is not going to be holding the book of life. Nope. Not at all. And so with that being said, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. I hope to see you here, see you in service with us, or to see you caught up. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Uh, listen, if you've been blessed by the word of God, share it with someone else, tell them there's, a, there's somebody that you know, well, really, I'm not I'm not anybody. I'm just somebody trying to tell everybody about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and so remember the songs feature respectively the property of the songstress, the artists and the producers. I, I'm just enjoying the word of God. And I find so many things humorous when it comes down to the word of God. I love the Lord and, and and I love this sanctified life that the Lord has blessed and offered not only to me. But to all of you that are listening and to everyone that would hear the word of God. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Be back on Sunday, the book of Revelation.